Hi, my name is Lindsay Bailey, and I am the Injury Prevention Coordinator for the UNC Trauma Center in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Thank you so much for tuning in to Staying Safe While Social Distancing. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today. This episode is going to be about preventing child abuse during the COVID-19 pandemic. And I've been anxious to get this recorded and up on the website for a while because this is such a serious side effect of the stay-at-home order that I just really have been struggling with how to best support and how to provide education. You may not know this much about the injury prevention coordinator role at trauma centers, but a lot of what we do is in-person events when we're not when we're able to, obviously, and doing a lot of hands-on education at community events and um, workshops within the community. I don't typically do as much with child abuse as I'd like to in child abuse prevention because of the fact that it's a lot easier to speak with parents directly about how to keep their car seat you know, correctly installed or explain to kids why they should wear a bike helmet rather than address within my capacity some of the really complicated and upstream causes of child abuse and child neglect. So I want to always defer to my colleagues and experts in the field who really have the resources and capacity within their organizations to actually address these issues while supporting as best I can. So it is fantastic that we have a wonderful organization in North Carolina called the Prevent Child Abuse North Carolina. And I'm also really excited because one of my very best friends and a lovely woman who I met while in graduate school at UNC Gilling School of Public Health named Claire Vesey is joining us as the director of development with that organization. So Claire is someone that I admire personally, and I admire professionally the work that she has done since she started um, her career in public health in child abuse prevention. So I'll cut to the interview. And FYI, y'all, if you are interested in contributing to preventing child abuse in North Carolina, this organization that I'm about to interview does have a giving campaign. If you go to their website, which will be listed in the description, you can scroll to the bottom and see that you can donate as little as a dollar to help make a difference in our community. So thanks y'all for considering and hearing me on that one. I am so excited today to have Ms. Claire Vizi from Prevent Child Abuse North Carolina. Claire is the Director of Development at their organization and thank you so much for being here, Claire. Thank you for having me, Lindsay, I'm excited. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm really glad that we could get Claire on the phone. As um, you may have heard me say, if you've been listening to some of these episodes, you know, child abuse is a huge um, issue during this time with the COVID-19 pandemic and the stay-at-home order. So I've been anxious to get Claire on the show so that we can pick her brain a little bit about prevention strategies. So with that said, Claire, why don't you, if you don't mind giving us a, a brief overview of your role with Prevent Child Abuse North Carolina and what your organization does. Sure, sure. So um, Prevent Child Abuse North Carolina, uh, we are focused on ensuring that prevention is a priority in our state um, and that all communities have the capacity at the local level um, to prevent child abuse and neglect. I'm the Director of Development, so I work on fundraising and making sure that we have 
the resources and the investments necessary to, to do this important work um, that involves grant writing as well as individual donors and working with some of our, our bigger partners and funders like the Division of Social Services and the Duke Endowment. Excellent. Okay. Sounds like a big job. So we're lucky to have you out there, you know, rounding up the funds to provide this work. So in your opinion um, or in your professional expertise, what are your concerns for kids right now who are at home during the stay-at-home order in terms of you know, violence or neglect? We know that the increased stress due to job loss and lack of child care and just financial hardship in general is putting a lot of strain on families, um, especially those that maybe had other stressors to begin with. Um, so we're seeing increased rates of child abuse and neglect as well as increased rates of domestic violence. Um, which is also correlated with uh, rates of child abuse and neglect. Um, sure. And also, also things like um, food insecurity. So kids are not going to school um, like they normally would during this time. And for some families, that school lunch, uh, breakfast and lunch, is some of their, uh, most of their nutrition of the day. So I know that there are a number of food banks working really hard during this time to make sure families have meals, but mm -hmm. that's also adding an element for many families um, that is making it harder um, to take care of their children. Yes, absolutely. Um, I was I was working and helping with a food bank the other day. We had to turn people away before and even before they even we were even able to start passing out the food. Um, there were so many cars lined up with families um, that there were yeah. too many people backed up. So it is definitely scary to think about, you know, the food shortage that we are experiencing. Absolutely. And I think the other thing is just when you think about the systems that we typically have in place, the caring adults that might lay eyes on children and be able to notice when something is off or if they suspect child abuse and neglect, those are folks like teachers, bus drivers, um, mm -hmm. they are not laying eyes on these kids. So we, right. um, the caring adults that may be intervening and reporting, um, are just not having that opportunity because of this as well. So, um, and then additionally, the strain on all systems right now that COVID is producing, like our healthcare system, uh, we are close partners with the Division of Social Services, and they are just overwhelmed in responding mm -hmm. to COVID, both with handling increased reports of child abuse and neglect coming in, as well as um, they've told us they've really pivoted to focus on um, foster care and ensuring they have good response systems in place for foster kids should um, their caregiver fall ill. How is your organization responding to um, this sort of, I guess you could say, epidemic of child abuse? Yes. So in typical operations, when we're not in um, COVID-19 era, Prevent Child Abuse North Carolina, our work is really focused in three areas. So we do um, policy work, really mm -hmm. partnering with other organizations at the state and national level to make sure that the policies that are being passed are friendly to families and make it easier to be a parent or a family in the U.S. So these are things like paid family leave and childcare subsidies and affordable rent prices. 
So um, that's even more important now. We have a lot of legislation and bills being passed and a lot of decisions that are um, being made by policymakers. And so we're really leaning in um, during this time to ensure that families are accounted for and also that we keep prevention in mind um, during a time of heavy intervention. We still want to make sure that we're investing upstream um, in things that keep families strong and are not only just responding to the crisis. Um, The second bucket of our work is focused on capacity building. Um, So a large portion of our work has to do with supporting agencies across the state that work with children and families. So um, the delivery of parenting support programs, parent coaching, that sort of thing. We serve 51 agencies across the state, kind of check in and consult with their staff during typical operations to make sure they're delivering programs um, effectively and efficiently and that they feel supported um, so that they don't burn out and can continue to serve the children and families that need Mm -hmm. them. So during this COVID-19 crisis, many of those partners, in fact, all, I think, all 51 agencies have had to close their doors, um, like many organizations. And we... um, as a statewide agency that primarily works remotely anyways, uh, we have an affinity for platforms like Zoom um, and and doing work online, and we've actually stepped in to help these partners transition to Zoom or Skype or help them think through how do I continue to connect with families and serve families virtually, which Ah, for many of these agencies is new territory. Um, so it's things like how do I assess if a family has the technology needed for this? How do I explain how to use this platform uh, to a family? How do I connect them with resources if they don't have the technology? All these are trouble areas that mm-hmm. practitioners and their typical job haven't ever faced before. The third bucket where we the space that we work in is public awareness and education. Um, When we were founded back in 1979, it was really with the the intent of raising awareness about child abuse and neglect in general. Mm -hmm. It's not something that we talked about. Since then, we have evolved to really focus on raising awareness about the importance of prevention and moving upstream, that it is a preventable problem by building in supports for families. Um, You can prevent child abuse and neglect. So we still are, are really strong in our messaging right now and raising awareness about the importance of prevention. Um, we've adapted a number of our resources specific to COVID. So we have a parent and caregiver guide with tips for parents um, about and resources and how they can stay connected to one another, um, as well as how to reach out for support if they need it. Uh, We also have a free online course called Recognizing and Responding um, to Suspicions of Abuse and Neglect, and we're pushing that out um, to different audiences and then have Mm -hmm. adapted some resources, as I was mentioning earlier, for maybe some unconventional caring adults like postal workers or Amazon delivery folks um, who might might 
not normally think that it's their role to report child abuse and neglect, um, sure. and really empowering them to be able to do that. So we've really shifted and adapted some of our resources for this specific COVID-19 era um, in service wow. of that public awareness goal. Sure, yeah, that's really important. We'll make sure, so if you're listening, I'll make sure that all the resources that Claire just mentioned are um, hyperlinked and listed in our episode description so that if you want to check any of those out, I've seen the resource guide that Claire was referencing, um, and it was, it's excellent. So that will definitely be posted and all the other things that were just mentioned. Um, is there anything, um, you were talking about policy and pushing forward policies. I know the legislature, legislature is beginning to kind of ramp up their agenda for the year. Um, is there a specific policy or um, something that, you know, if people want to write into their local um, representatives to advocate for and say that they're in favor of, is there anything that you could recommend? Um, newsletter, uh, you can sign up for our newsletter on our website and we send out regular updates about um, when to lean in with, your, with a call to your legislator or um, to our senators. Um, and then also our Prevention Action Network is our membership um, okay. that you can pay a monthly subscription to, and that is a little more tailored content for mobilizing folks who want to help um, kind of lift up a public voice to some of these issues. Well, Claire, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to add about how folks can work on prevention right now? And yeah, I would just say um, we'll make sure to link that um, parent and caregiver guide. I think that's a really good kind of all-in-one-place resource, um, okay. both with tips for managing stress as well as, like, hotlines to reach out to if you're just feeling overwhelmed. Um, mm -hmm. I do know that in North Carolina, uh, we have access to Triple P online. Triple P is... Um, an evidence-based parenting support program. Uh, Triple P stands for the Positive Parenting Program. And the Department of Public Health um, has opened up access to Triple P online um, for all North Carolinians. I personally have had some experience with Triple P, and I think it is wonderfully accessible, and they just get right to the heart of some real-world problems, like when um, your kid won't go to sleep at their normal time um, when they aren't doing something that you've told them to do multiple times. I feel like it's really accessible and um, and, and you can take it in chunks because it's online so you can go at your own pace. So I would recommend awesome. checking that out, um, Triple P online. And then the last thing, I just want to endorse um, one of our campaigns we have had going on for about a year now is called Connections Matter, and that's something else you can find on our website. And it really um, is teaching folks that meaningful relationships and connection to other caring adults and other mm -hmm. people in our community is the biggest builder of babies and children's brains. It helps us be resilient against stress like what we're experiencing right now, and I know that it's so hard right now being socially isolated. Um, yeah. It makes it even harder to reach out to the connections that, that make our lives a little easier when we're going through hard times, but we're really trying to reinforce that. Though we may be um, physically distant from one another, there are so many ways that we can stay connected, whether it's through social media or picking up the phone. Um, we have 
great platforms and technology many of us have access to. Um, so just remembering to stay connected because it really does help and, and we're meant to be connected to one another and it can be a, be a huge buffer um, for Absolutely. some of the stress. Yeah. Well, Claire, thank you so much for your time. This is so much good information and I'm just so happy to be able to, you know, get some expert um, information from someone and when I've just had this particular topic on my mind and um, since kind of this all began. So thank you for being here. Thank Thank you, you Lindsay. Thank you so much. Yay, bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Staying Safe While Social Distancing. For more injury prevention tips, please visit tarheeltrauma.org. If you have any suggestions or ideas for topics that I could address in this podcast, please reach out to me at lindsay.bailey at unchealth.unc.edu. Thank you.